Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We both have something to play for. We're playing for the one seed. They're playing for their playoff lives. So there's a lot at stake uh, for both squads. You know, we uh, got after them a few weeks ago. They've been playing a lot better since then. We know what kind of game it's going to be. I love hearing that because I just, you know, it's still a rivalry. You always want to beat the Bears. You want to beat the Vikings. You want to beat the Lions. But it just means so much more when the game means something. And for the Bears, it's win and get into the playoffs. Their playoffs start Sunday at 325 for the Packers. Win, and you get a first-round bye. Your 37-year-old quarterback on the back nine of his career gets some extra rest, and he has the possibility of playing his first NFC title game at home. So this is a big one. We welcome in now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline our very own Mike Clemens. Mike, thanks very much for joining us here on New Year's Eve, man. How you doing? Good. You know, Aaron Rodgers has often said, yeah, come on, you know, we want to we wanna get a bye, and we want to be at home for the playoffs at Lambeau. And I just thought it was lip service at the time mm-hmm. uh, because it just seemed like they were more of a of a finesse team, a speed team, uh, than a let's grind it out. But, you know, you, well, you saw the way they played last Sunday, uh, and they got an A.J. Dillon kind of back there, and Jamal Williams hopefully can get healthy for the postseason with the quad. Uh, and the way Rodgers was talking all season, after they beat the Saints – uh, still, he knew that that's a pretty good team. He looked was sort of surveying the field of the NFC, and he just thought, you know, I, hey, uh, this we're built now, and I'd love to have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Saints have to come to Green Bay rather than us have to go to Tampa or New Orleans. And and so he's that's why he's been this guy. You know, he's he's read the season like he like he can read, read defenses. Mm-hmm. His record against. The Bears, I mean, you've probably talked about this, right? It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. I think the Bears have only won three times since the 2010 Super Bowl season. Yeah, and it's Mike. In the last eight games, he's 7-1 uh, and one against Chicago. He's thrown 16 touchdown passes and just one interception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just he loves Soldier Field for whatever reason. And then on top of that, uh, he's, uh, he doesn't have to worry about Bear fans uh, at this game either. So that's how these very helpful these um, these games uh, or these press conferences that Rogers has done 
you know, I'll, I'll put another link up. I mean, I uh, and uh, people can listen to the pressers when we play them back, you know, live here on the fan. Um, some of the stuff that Rogers has come up with, the stories have been just amazing, just amazing. Here's the other story. Then I thought that when Khalil Mack came to to Chicago was a year ago, two years ago now already. Yeah. Um, everybody talked about how he changed the culture in that locker room because he's so hardworking, he's so focused, uh, he's such a gifted athlete, but he's not a very vocal guy. And one thing I learned this year is that the vocal guy for the Chicago Bears these days is Akeem Hicks. So not only is it a big deal that he's not uh, that he was on IR for a while this season and wasn't there in that you know first time that these two teams met in early November. Uh, but he is he is greatly missed on their line. So Danny Trevathan is one of their linebackers. That's a guy that the Packers were interested in getting. He put that shot on Devontae that sent him to the hospital one night. Got yep. a cheap helmet shot. On a Thursday night. <laughs> Roquan Smith, Gary Ellerson called that early and often. Look at the speed of this dude. And I think that was when we were actually at a game at Soldier Field where the press box is a little bit more toward the end zone. So it's kind of more of an all-22 look. But, yeah, we, we were like, look at this Smith kid when he was his rookie year, how fast he could get from the middle to the flats and wrap up on people. So uh, we asked Aaron Rodgers, you know, about Trevathan, Smith, and why Akeem Hicks is so good inside a defensive line. He's a big body inside who just does so many things. He's uh, he's so stout against the run. It's, it's hard to move him. He's just such a solid player inside. So it's definitely, it's not just, uh, you know, having him back, but I've always been a fan of Danny. I think he's a great tackler, you know, a downhill guy who brings it every single time. And Roquan is just so talented sideline to sideline. You know, he's he's a dynamic player. Been ascending since uh, he got there. You know, I remember he was holding out and we were kind of, you know, hoping uh, they wasn't going to play a couple years ago just because he knew the talent level that he had but he's a special special player the urgency of being in a position to make the playoffs changes everything and they're already a very solid football team add a little extra motivation of uh, getting into the playoffs definitely makes them more dangerous and Akeem Hicks he makes a huge difference Mike I think he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league and you forget he wasn't available in that first game and that's why they had success running the football so if you're Matt LaFleur you have to be stressed out right now knowing that that guy's going to be on the field this Sunday even if you do have three capable backs of going for 100 yards yeah now Hicks didn't practice yesterday he's dealing Ooh, with nice. quote an illness of some kind oh. but it, it seems like i mean because i went to i, it, I w- was in on all the bears press conferences yesterday that didn't seem like they were concerned about it but yeah you're right and matt lafleur addressed that about the difference that uh, if a key mix lines up there over you know your left guard what that's going to be like on sunday it creates a whole new dimension to their defense. Anytime a guy of that caliber isn't in there, it definitely leaves a hole. And I think not that the other guys aren't talented players, because I'm not saying that. I think this is as talented of a front as we will see all year. Just can't replicate what he is able to do out there on the field. So, yeah, it's going to be a big-time challenge for us. So now all of a sudden the Bears are playing their best football of the season, Mike, and Mitchell Trubisky's won three straight games. Granted, he you know put 40 points up against the Jacksonville Jaguars last week, but they beat Minnesota, uh, they beat the Texans, but he's playing his best football and probably feeling pretty good right now. they got a shot to get in the playoffs, and more importantly for him, he's got a shot to keep his job and maybe be a starting quarterback in the league still next year. And what was the, you know, the standard thing about a Mitchell Trubisky performance was like horrible offense in the first half, mm-hmm. you know, Bears total offense, 61 yards or something, slow starts. 
for the last couple of years. And that's the way they were starting this year. And then they were playing the Falcons, and uh, it was just pathetic. So they bring in Nick Foles. He lights it up, and you think, oh, this is it. It'll be the Nick Foles show. Well, then Foles started seemed to come unravel, and they had to change to their play callers from uh, Matt Nagy, your head coach, who was you know hired because he was an offensive coach, to Bill Lazor calling some of the shots. And then Foles gets hurt, and he gets that start. Uh, Trubisky gets that start when they played the Packers back there on November 29th. And, again, it was a, a slow start. And at that point you thought Matt Nagy might be in trouble. Ryan Pace will probably get fired. Uh, you know, the Bears are done. They are done. Well, something changed. I think it's a, really amazing. But after they lost to Detroit, then they beat Houston, Minnesota, and then Jacksonville, and somehow this guy has found his groove, and you get some guys back on defense, and they're behind Trubisky this time. They're behind Trubisky, and he feels that confidence. At the end of the day, Mitch Trubisky on film, when Ryan Pace took him, athletic. I didn't think this was a very bright quarterback, mm-hmm. and this guy's got, he's got confidence problems. But Trubisky said last night, it's been a great week at Hallis Hall. It feels good. It feels good. Um, just a lot of high energy in the building right now. We put ourselves in a good position um, going into this week, and, and this is obviously a must win, and, and we want to have this. So there's a lot of energy, good energy around the building, um, and, it's, and it's been positive. So we've just been feeding off one another, and um, we've, we've had to bring it when, when we were in a drought. And we've kind of just kept building off that and kept, kept getting better and better. And so the energy and the adrenaline in the building and for myself has, has been pretty good. And, Mike, I like to laugh at Mitchell Trubisky and I like to laugh at the Bears because they didn't even interview Deshaun Watson and they passed on Patrick Mahomes for this kid out of North Carolina. Like you said, he played one year there and they were sold on him over a guy that beat Alabama in a national title game and Deshaun Watson. It didn't make sense. But I have to give him some credit because he went from being benched to now all of a sudden winning three straight games and getting the Bears back into playoff contention. So I almost got to give him some credit. Yeah, Ryan, but you know the thing for me is at the end of the day, it's quarterback. Did you interview this kid? Right. What did he say in his interview? What did, what did you do? Did you do your homework in terms of his ability to read defenses, to pick up things, to be able to change and adapt? You know, what's going what's gonna to be his learning curve uh, that's what they missed on. Mm-hmm. That's what they missed on uh, big time. And uh, so you talk to Matt Nagy, like, how did you turn this thing around? How'd you, you're actually back to 8-7 and seven and a shot at the wild card after the horrible start you had. And how have you, how's Mitch Trubisky gone from being benched and embarrassed that way, then have the shoulder injury when he came out for one play, to now actually look like they have found plays that work for him and he can run an offense, and that, that team could actually be dangerous at times. Confidence um, now and kind of schematically the stuff that we're trying to do and that he likes and doesn't like and we like and don't like, and it's just it's fitting right now. And then on top of that, too, the last thing is I'll go back to the, the offensive line. That was the first game that we had these five guys on that offensive line in Green Bay, and we've been able to keep that a constant up until today. And it's hard to believe at one time this Bears team was in first place in the NFC North. I was concerned about them. I mean, what were they, 5-1? and one? Then they went on that brutal losing streak, and now they're picking it back up. Six games. Wow. Six games, and it's like same old Bears. You know, you figure like, these guys are quitting in Matt Nagy. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you really felt like this thing was coming apart at the seams, and somehow Nagy got this thing turned around. 
uh, even though he, he lost to the Lions, a close one to the Lions, they seem to be able to find something there. Maybe even that second half against Green Bay, where they started putting put some points up. They beat a bad Houston team, but they shocked the world by beating the Vikings. It's the Vikings who ended up being you know, off to the side with the Lions and forget about it. And then, you know, the Jacksonville team, whatever, but it's the way it's the way they beat them, and they look like a complete team. That These guys are now actually thinking they could do something after that horrible losing streak, how they've regained their confidence as a team. Easy for them, it's not easy for us. But what our guys did is they showed resolve, and they kept fighting. We finally got that. When you lose six games like we did, you know, you really rely on the players that and coaches that you have inside this building here at Hallis. And it's not easy. It's not easy for them. It's not easy for us. But what our guys did is they showed resolve and they kept fighting. We finally got that one win. And now it's, it's you know, it's coupled into two other ones on top of that. And so now here you are with a big game against a huge opponent. Um, it's going to be a playoff type uh, atmosphere. It is a playoff type game, obviously. And so you wouldn't want it any other way. And, and I think that now it's just different. Now, that doesn't mean any outcomes are going to be different from week to week, but it does mean that your confidence is a lot different going into it. We definitely got things back on track. I'm excited for the addition of Snacks Harrison, I guess. I know we won't be able to see him this week, and you know we don't know when we'll see him on the field. The only thing, Mike, that concerns me is why didn't he want to come to Green Bay in the beginning? Why, are you, why aren't you excited? Why, why are you excited? Uh, just for depth, really, just because you lose Montrevious Adams, you know, weeks back, and I wasn't really sold on him either. I just, I do have concerns if Kenny Clark, and I don't even want to say it, I want to knock on wood, if he goes down, if anybody on that defensive line goes down, I mean, I'm not really sold on any of these guys already, Dean Lowry. And then I look at Snacks Harrison, he's 32 years old. I don't think he was in the best playing shape. You know, years back from like 2016 to 2019, he was one of the best run stuffers in the league, but now... I don't know. I, I I don't even I don't know why you didn't want to come to Green Bay in the first place. He chose to go to Seattle for some reason. That's a good point, though. I mean, seriously, who do you have to back up Kenny Clark? <laughs> really, though. Um, Kiki? I I don't even know who is the backup. Yeah, and Kiki, by the way, is on the report this week with a concussion. So here's another one of these injuries from that game Sunday night that we didn't get the information on, mm-hmm. or nor did NBC uh, that he had a concussion. So he may be out this week. No, Green Bay's been interested in Damon Snacks Harrison. He got named Snacks after I think he broke his leg and put on some weight while he was in high school, put on a lot of weight in a short amount of time. And then, you know, people started telling him, maybe you should be a football player, not a basketball player. To me, you know, I, you know in radio, uh, guys that are sending radio, it's like, yeah, I worked at this station, a small market, for about a year and a half, and yeah. I went to this market for four months, and I yeah. went to this. I used to have a GM that would look at resumes like that and say, why all the short stints, man? You bounce around too much, yeah. Man, where, where's the one? Where's the one place before we hire him in a in a major market like Milwaukee? Where's the one place where this guy really established himself mm-hmm. and had a winning record? And so Snacks was with the Giants. It had some good years, had some injuries, but basically his story in Detroit was he didn't like it, and he just pretty much stopped showing up. Oh, so then you get to the summer, and people are talking about him. Hey, this guy is free. And maybe he saw the writing on the wall of Matt Patricia before anybody else. And the Buccaneers, they were going to put him on the roster, not just you know try him out. They were going to put him on there. The Miami Dolphins, that's an ascending team. They were going to put him on there, too. But uh, he, he said the reason that he didn't sign this summer with anybody, because he wasn't at 350 pounds and 6'3", he wasn't sure about the NFL and the whole COVID situation. 
Yeah, that that was the only reason why I didn't sign with the team earlier because it, the, the coronavirus thing had just happened, and at the time the NFL didn't have a plan, so I didn't feel safe with making a decision, and I didn't have to rush into a decision then either. I guess I just don't understand why he chose to move his family because he has a family from Seattle or to Seattle from Detroit. And you, like you said, I mean, if Tampa's looking at you, if the Dolphins are looking at you, why, why does he choose Seattle? Did he just want to play for Pete Carroll? Yeah, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, you know, the former Packer personnel guy, grew up in Green Bay, the GM that took the Seahawks to a couple of Super Bowls, great GM, great guy, and Pete Carroll, they had their eyes on him. And at some point around mm, October, November, uh, they talked him into coming out to Seattle, and Snacks was set on Seattle. I'm going to move the whole family from Michigan to Seattle. We're going to settle there. I'm going to play another couple of years. I'm going to see if I can get a ring with Russell Wilson. So he was willing to be on this practice squad for four or five months to get back into football shape and to learn their system. And Pete Carroll's system was different than anything he'd played in, but learn the language. And then he played in six games for them, about 20 snaps a game. He made some plays, you know, a run stuffer at the very least to help stuff up the middle there for Seattle. And then he walks into Pete Carroll's office on Monday and says, you know what, I'm done with football. And Pete Carroll says, okay, all right, well, then, you know, we'll, we'll put you on waivers. And he gets claimed by the Green Bay Packers. So I don't – it sounds like Snacks Harrison is trying to get a ring and, yeah. and hook up with a team. But, but, you know, I've got some shades of Martellus Bennett going on here. I mean, he's a funny guy. He's fun to be around. Yeah. But he, he, here's what he told the Seattle press four weeks ago. Why did you move your family from Seattle to Detroit – even though teams like the Buccaneers or the Dolphins would have put, immediately put you on the roster? Um, well, I wanted to be here all offseason. Uh, you know, I had a good idea of where I was going to end up, and I felt like it was going to be here. So um, I knew it was going to take hard work, and it was going to take some time. So, you know, once the work uh, became a little more than I had expected, I wasn't going to run from it. Um, I felt like I was supposed to be here, so I wanted to continue to do that. Um, I moved my family here at the time, too, honestly. So. Now, I'm not a guy that likes to move around much or, you know, change sceneries a lot. So, um, you know, really, once I got here and got settled in, it, it was a no-brainer to stay. And, Mike, if he's got kids, it's hard to move when you got kids. I mean, I have a 7-year-old, and, and I never want to leave ever just because you got to look at school systems. And plus, you know, they meet friends, and then you got to – it's just – it's a mess. How many kids is he pandemic. Yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, right. But, you know, he – he said that he wanted to move to Seattle, great town, a great move from away from Detroit, and move the whole family. David Bakhtiari says that this guy's a football player. Knows his stuff, still got you know some gas in the tank there. Uh, and Bakhtiari told that to the big show almost three or four weeks ago. And this isn't even before this thing landed in the last 24 hours. The Packers claimed it. The Packers could bring this guy in, have him pass the protocol, and he could be ready next weekend if the Packers you know lose on Sunday, God forbid, and but whatever they he could be in a Packers uniform in nine or ten days, but you know Snacks was asked, yeah, how many kids do you have? Who you got pen and paper, man? It's it's seven of them. I have seven, right? And ages ten, I'm sorry, twelve, ten, six, three, one-year-old twins, and a five-month-old. Make sure I didn't miss anybody. 12, 10, <laughs> 6, 3-year-old, yeah, 1-year-old twins, and my 5-month-old. That's 7. 
Yeah, yeah, that's seven. <laughs> now, does he know all their, like, is that Cromarty or is that uh, Snacks Harrison? Man, seven kids? <laughs> I'd lose, but I got I'm one, Mike. It's his wife, he says, you know, takes care of all that for him. Holy cow. But I'm telling you, if, you know, Mike Penn's got 12 men on the field, don't count on snacks to get that corrected for you. And I, and I won't. Mike, really quick, uh, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you one thing, because I saw something really cool that you posted on Facebook on Tuesday. So, uh, December 29th, 2013, I was interning in Chicago, and I'm a huge Green Bay Packer fan, surrounded by Bears fans, and I get this internship to cover the Chicago Bears, and I got to go to training camp. But they never obviously – I wasn't credentialed. I was, you know, I, I was an intern. I was still in school. So they finally give me a credential, and the first game I get to go to is week 17 of the NFL season. Get it's Packers-Bears. Packers need to get in. Aaron Rodgers is coming off the broken collarbone. Yeah. Finds Randall Cobb, a 48-yard touchdown pass. John Kuhn ends up picking up that block on Julius Peppers. Off but to I the saw, left-hand side. Awesome. You had awesome a post block. on it, though. So I remember, though, that was when I realized. So I wanted to get into the business, and I always just my dream was to cover the Green Bay Packers. It's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, you know, I used to come up to Wisconsin all the time and see the Gillespies, and I always wanted to be like my Uncle Earl and call games and cover the Green Bay Packers and hopefully do play-by-play for a baseball team. Um, and I finally get the opportunity, but I realized really quickly in that press box that day that you can't be a fan, you can't cheer. And I actually, it was pretty easy. You know, I just sat there, I did my work, but on that final play, as a Packers fan in the press box, I had to almost let out a little, oh, because it was the greatest moment of my life that I've ever seen live at a sporting event. Uh, you posted this, and in the picture I see is Aaron Rodgers hugging Ted Thompson. It's Ted. It's Ted. Because You know what? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. These football players put their bodies on the line. Man, Rogers that day though. And there's and and there's Rogers coming back out, unsure about the collarbone, still able to see that play, to see Randall Cobb wide open, to pull off that victory, that upset victory, and to proceed on like that. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. At, at the NFL level, these coaches, these general managers, these team presidents, these owners. They thank these players because they know the physical sacrifice they put on the line to play in the NFL. Man, that's just such a cool picture. And, right, you could tell, I mean, and that's what I'll always love about Aaron Rodgers is he comes back from the collarbone. He did it the same, like, a couple years later against Carolina when they had, a like, a 3% chance to make the playoffs. And he didn't play particularly well in that one. But he's played with so many injuries. One leg in a couple of years ago in the in McCarthy's last year. I just thought that that was a really cool picture and one that I'd never seen of Ted and Aaron. Kind of like that father-son moment, you know? Well, and then, see, and that's just that's the opportunity for me is to be able to be present and mm-hmm. and to have the access like that. It's and that's that access has been, you know, we've had to play it safe, and I'm perfectly on board with that. I've been, right. I'm, I'm amazed that we're talking about Week 17 in the NFL. You know, when we first learned about what this thing was all about last May or so. Right. So, uh, and then the NFL, everybody should watch the, the, what the NFL has done for procedures so that we can get back to functional and normal as soon as possible. But that's what it's all about is to be able to tell those stories. And that's not made up stuff, man. You yeah. Know, that's not blowing smoke. That's real deal stuff. And that's why it's so fun to cover this beat. And that's like, honestly, my favorite part of sports. I really do enjoy the storytelling. Thanks a lot, Mike. Have a happy new year, man. You too, Ryan. That's Mike Clemens. We, you could catch him. He'll be back with us next week. Find him. He's on Twitter, Mike Clemens NFL. And then, of course, uh, you can find his work all over our station, radio.com. You can find that interview. We'll have it posted 
uh, as well. He joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and it has you feeling anxious, then breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started today at greatmidwestbank.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 